welcome everyone to the very first very very first episode of Encomo with Judith Amua. For today I am going to introduce myself to you, talk about what Encomo means and what this podcast means to me and what it could mean for you. Yankasa. That just means let's talk. But before we will get into the topic for today, I will be doing a little icebreaker, giving you the highs and the lows of my week just to have some positive vibes and encourage ourselves to keep going. Um, honestly, feel free to share your highs and lows with me on Instagram at Encomont underscore podcast. I will start with the lows of my week so that we can end on a positive note um, because, you know, in these times we always need a good word and a good encouragement. My low of this week was, unfortunately, the passing of chadwick bosman aka king t'challa of wakanda it's always sad to hear about the passing of a person um you know we hear so many people pass away um you know you're on instagram you're scrolling and you hear it or you see it or you see it on the news or somebody tells you about it um but for you know of all the things we've heard this year um even with the passing of kobe bryant I don't know, but this one, this guy's, his passing, it's different for me. Um, It's definitely not something I expected, especially because I don't know this man. I've never met him. I don't know anything about him except the character that he plays on screen. But I feel, for some reason, this deep sadness when I heard the news, you know, he was so young, the age of 43, I can't even imagine. Um, but he was so young. And to think of how difficult it must have been for him to be fighting cancer on his own and hiding it from everybody. It's like a tremendous amount of pressure. And it takes a very strong person to wake up every day going through this and still put on a brave face and smile and go to work and act like nothing else is going on you know go around cheering other people up and that's the beautiful thing about this guy that I'm learning because you know I've never met him personally but he seemed to have had such an influence over the people that are were around him and over the world actually you know he's been so inspirational to many young black people so it's very different it's um it's very upsetting, to be honest. It's just not something that we expected, especially because we had all these hopes of, you know, future sequels coming from, you know, Wakanda. And it's just, it's not something that, you know, I've been taking lightly. It's almost as if I have somebody so close to me pass away. I don't know why I feel so deep, such deep sadness about it, but nonetheless, you know, a life has been lost and, you know, he deserves all the praise that he's received because he seems to be a truly remarkable person. And one of the things that passing has really taught me is to not take any day for granted. You know, we often think that tomorrow is promised and that is wrong because tomorrow isn't promised. Nobody knows what tomorrow holds except God 
So we have to make sure that we're making each day count and that we are doing something that we love, that we are passionate about, and that no matter what we are struggling with or no matter what the circumstances or limitations or problems that come our way, we have to keep going and pursuing the dreams that we have and the goals that we have set for ourselves. So at least um, that is what I got out from all this that has been happening this week. Um, my high for the week, you know, following this whole, you know, like I said, the lessons that I have learned from the passing of Chadwick Bosman and not taking any day for granted by really going after the things that you're passionate about, the things that you love doing. My high of the week is that I am finally starting this podcast. You know, it's something that has been on my mind for quite some time and I've been working towards it, but I've been putting it off, you know, because I was a little scared first. I didn't know how I was going to do this. I don't know anything about podcasting, so this is all new to me. And I didn't know how I was going to start or where and where or when to start. But finally, I have developed the courage to come out and just do it and just be myself and just speak about the things that I'm really passionate about. So that is my high and my lows of the week. For today's topic, I'm just going to introduce myself to you so you can get to know me and get to understand why I wanted to do this podcast in the first place. So my name is Judith. That is my English name. It's from the Jewish um, Torah. You know, there's a story about the lady of Judith and what she did in the Bible. Um, Then my name is also Ajwa because that is my traditional name. You know, in Ghana, we give names according to we give names according to the day that you are born. So, I was born on Jwada, which is Monday. So my name is Ajwa, and then my old name is also Poma, because that is the name that my father gave me. That is who he wanted to name me after. And then my surname, which is my last name, is Amua. So all together, you get Judith Ajwa Poma Amua. But nobody ever calls me Ajwa Poma in public. That is just the name that most people that are closest to me call me by. In some groups in Ghana, they also name their children according to the birth order of the child. So if you are the oldest child of a family let's say in the Ga community you will be called Adole like my little niece so that's just um, a little bit of history about my name okay so I I was born in Ghana in Dunkwa Ofen to be exact and then I later on moved to joined my parents in the U.S. at the age of eight. So I've been in this country for a long time, for about maybe 15 or 16 years, to be exact. I recently just graduated from Rutgers University with a degree in biology. And usually when I tell people this, the normal follow-up question, which is reasonable, 
is what are you going to do? Are you going to medical school? Are you going to be a nurse? What is, you know, your career path? And the answer is no, I do not want to be a medical doctor or a nurse, which is a decision that I made a few months ago. I just decided that and I just decided that it's just not the job for me. It's not the career that I want to pursue. You know, it's just not in alignment with the skills that I have. And not to say that I'm not good with like science and math or anything like that. It's just that I think my skills will be better applied in a different field, in a different career, because I really, I have good people skills, especially when it comes to managing people. And I truly enjoy helping them to find their paths and giving them resources to grow. So that is what I do. Um, as a career right now I work in human resources I would say that my childhood in Ghana was one of happiness um, I I went to school with my grandma who was the school principal at that time I remember fetching water with my sister um, if you ever get that image of people in Africa carrying buckets on their head and walking to long miles to draw water. That was me and my sister. I said we weren't walking miles. It was just down the street from our house. But we would take our buckets there in the morning and we would pour some water or draw some water from the well and then just take it back home for cooking, for bathing and for stuff like that. But that was, again, that was a very long time ago because I've been in this country for almost 16 or 17 years. Um, I first came here when I was like 2004. So life in Ghana has changed dramatically from the time that I was young and living there. So it's not all the same um, as it is it was before. I remember getting plantain chips on the way to school at 6 a.m. You had to make sure you were there at 6 a.m. in the morning. You cannot be late or you will get whipped and lashed because that is the form of discipline that they do. Um, I remember stealing some rice from the market lady down the street and making little rice and stew with my little friends on the compound that we lived on. And then, you know, some of my favorite um, memories in Ghana was during Christmas time. In Christmas time, we have this festival where I'm not really sure what the name of it is, but we have this festival where we will have these like p groups of people that will dress up in these costumes and masks and they were so colorful and bright and elaborate and loud and they will be banging on the drums and running through the streets during Christmas and we will be hiding in our houses or in our closets because you don't want them to catch you. If they catch you outside, they'll beat you. And that is one of the, my favorite memories in Ghana. I always remember it, you know, because it was a festive time. It was like so fun. It was good vibes, a lot of cheering, and the costumes are just so beautiful. If you ever had the chance, if you ever have the chance, you should Google fancy dressers during Christmas time in Ghana. It is quite a sight to see. I also remember going to 
my grandfather's orange farm, climbing trees to pick fruits with my little friends on the compound because where we lived, there was like a whole bunch of um fruit trees there. There was guava, I think also what we call soursop, um, or some people call it an apple, but I'm not really sure the name of it, what the name of it is. I remember, you know, climbing the tree and shaking it so that the coconuts will fall. But, you know, these are good times. I don't think they do that anymore, you know, with children playing outside and stuff. But those are some of the best memories that I've had in my from my childhood in Ghana, you know. And I hope that my children will get to have those same memories too someday. I missed all the precious moments of my childhood and all the memories that I had or have of my time in Ghana one of the most profound memories that I have that I never ever seem to forget was when I got married it was a mock wedding to my next door neighbor we had this um little wedding procession with all our little friends from the compound shouting don't do don't do across the compound that's just what we say to couples in a wedding I don't know what meaning or significance it has to the wedding but that is what we say during um a wedding in Ghana we had a little wedding reception in this empty corner of the compound and our families and other parents made us some jollof and gave us drinks and pastries it was the cutest thing and it was so innocent and it was so fun but now when i think about it it makes me really realize how impactful or serious we take this marriage thing you know to the point that even at the age of six we are very much well aware of this um event in our lives like this is what we know to be the biggest moments of our lives that we are preparing towards and now you know when I'm sitting here at the age of 24 single and unmarried with people asking me left and right when I am going to get married I think about that memory and how we have been socialized to believe that marriage is the ultimate achievement for women and not only for women but even in our culture in some cases for men too because I do have male friends who also get that same pressure about marriage or why they're not married and it seems to become a a thing of worry when the person takes longer than or is taking their time or is taking longer than other people expected for them to get married and i know a couple people who are going through this there and they're men you know usually we think about this whole marital pressure on women but we don't think about how there is also marital pressure on men not maybe it's not as much as the pressure on women however it is still there that when you reach a certain age and you pass certain i guess milestones People do expect that the next step is marriage. So when they don't see it, it start, they start questioning um, who you are, your character, and why you're not married. And this is so for both men and women. I've seen it. So I know that a lot of the time, this marriage thing is more so placed on women. 
And in context, previously in our society, that was all that women aspired to do, get married and have children. You know, our culture is very centered on women being wives and mothers, that to the point that when you're not a mother, you are kind of, you you kind of become an outcast or mocked in a sense for your lack of ability to bear a child. So that attitude toward women and what defined womanhood in those days was acceptable. However, times are changing and have changed. Yet what I've realized with us is that our cultural attitude and ideas of womanhood have remained the same. And that is the funny thing about us Ghanaians and Africans is that we like to think that culture and traditions are static rather than dynamic. We like to think that our culture has remained the same since its conception, but that is not the case. Even the culture we see today is very much so an evolved version of what it used to be. There are many practices that have changed with the influx of Christianity and British colonization. And I'll talk about this. There's a lot of them, but one of them that I'll point out to you because is the most is the one that comes to my mind when I think about this is for instance the way we name and dedicate children nowadays, right? So traditionally we do not name babies until they have lived for a week. That means that basically we do not name children in the first seven days of their lives because the idea behind it is that we don't know if the child will live or not. So we wait till the seventh day to see if the child has lived through that whole week. And then on the eighth day, we give the child a name, right? That is when the naming ceremony is done. However, in today's society, do we wait till the eighth date before we give our children names? No. You know, we give the child a name immediately after birth. We don't even think about the fact that the child may not live. Actually, we don't think about it. In our mind, you know, we've had the baby and we're naming the child. We're not thinking about anything else. But before, that was a very conscious thing that they, they were very mindful of these things that we they do not name children until they have seen that the child has survived after seven days and that is when they find it necessary to give a name to the child because they know that the child will continue to live second the naming is generally supposed to be done before the sun rises now we know that the sun does not rise till maybe like 6 a.m so in today's culture who is getting up at 5 a.m to come and name a child nobody is doing that so we don't do that yes we tend to we tend to generally do baby naming ceremonies in the morning but nobody is waking up before sunrise to name a child and you know that's one of the things that will have changed in this community and in our traditions Third, usually it's the elder of the family who dedicates. The elder of the family is supposed to pour libations and call on the abosum and then samanfo 
to come and assist with the naming of the child. Now, the Abosomen and Saman 4 are the gods, the goddesses, and the divinities and spiritual forces of nature that, you know, traditionally we used to worship and we will call on them to come and assist with the naming of the child. But today we do not do that because the majority of us are Christians and are practicing Christians and we do not worship those things anymore. So we do not follow these traditions anymore. And lastly, I mean, during a naming ceremony, the elder, and this is a very important part of the ceremony and the ritual as well, is that the elder will put a drop of water and a strong alcohol into the child's mouth. He will say, if you say this is water, it is water. And if you say this is alcohol, it is alcohol. And this is done generally to instill a sense of morality and truthfulness into the child where the child can taste the water and he tastes the alcohol. And even though the alcohol is bitter, it's supposed to signify that even if it's difficult for the child to tell the truth, he will still remain truthful. So these are the reasons why we were doing these things. But nowadays, some people say that we do not use alcohol because we have learned that an early introduction to alcohol can lead to alcoholism. And, and this change could also be due to the fact that alcohol is not something that is encouraged in Christianity. And also, you know, usually, traditionally, it is the elder of the family that would do this naming ceremony ritual. However, we have replaced the elder with the pastor, which is not the traditional way of doing things. But because, again, one, most of us are Christians, the pastor has taken that role for naming the child and performing that naming ceremony. And to be honest, all these traditional practices are now more symbolic and done just for the sake of following traditions than the fact that we actually believe believe in them. And not to get, and don't get me wrong, there are some people who are still very traditionalist and do follow these traditions very strictly. However, the majority of you know icons and the majority of Ghanaians that I know are mostly Christian. So we do these as a symbolic thing, but the main thing that we really focus on is just naming the child and then dedicating the child to God in church. And that is actually something that is new because traditionally we don't dedicate children in churches. We just do the naming ceremony and we dedicate them right then and there. But right now, with again christian um with us becoming more christian or christian country and our traditions changing to reflect our christian values and ideals we now we go to the church and now we have the pastor dedicate the child to god and the pastor pronounces blessings over the child and these traditions they vary they can vary among many different ethnic groups in ghana I speak mostly about the Akan traditions because that is the group that I belong to and those are the traditions that I am familiar with. But when I was speaking to my brother-in-law who is in the Gan group or in crime group, even though we have similar traditions, they do do some things differently. So this is not to say that this is all for all the ethnic groups in Ghana. They vary according to which region and which group you belong to, but there are similarities there. But I say all this just to make the point that 
culture and traditions are dynamic. They change to meet the needs of the community as time evolves and as the community is changing. Just like we have evolved our traditions to reflect our Christian values and principles, is the same way we need to adapt a different way of thinking when it comes to other aspects of our life like marriage, womanhood, femininity, relationships, how we raise children. Those things all need to also evolve as communities and times are evolving as well. And that is the purpose of this podcast. In common means having a conversation or a dialogue. So I'm hoping that we can have these talks and conversations about the state of our culture and the way we think about community, family, women and womenhood, marriage, relationships and everything in between that is going on, especially for the first and second generations of Ghanaians living abroad. Times are very different and life is very different for us than those that live on the continent because we are not only living in with Ghanaian culture, but we also have a variety of cultures around us that is also influencing how we view our culture and how we practice our culture. I would definitely say that me, being somebody that came here at the age of eight, I was pretty much, even though I have a very strong Ghanaian background and I live with you know Ghanaian parents and I'm very much into the Ghanaian community here, I'm still also very heavily influenced by American culture as well. There are certain things that maybe I'll find offensive that somebody from you know the mainland Ghana will not find offensive because that is how I was raised here and that's the culture that has influenced me. So the way that I think and the way I see culture is also different than the way somebody in Ghana may also see culture. So that's why I think that it's so important for us to have these conversations, especially for those of us that live abroad to talk about how our culture is changing with the influences of American and European and if you live in Canada, I guess Canadian culture and how that is merging and changing our perspectives and the way we practice our traditions. So that is my hope for this podcast, which is to create a community where we can talk and share our experiences Um, and talk about the state of Ghanaian culture among us, the young generation of Ghanaians living abroad, and how we can find a balance between the Western way of life and our Ghanaian culture as we are living abroad. That is all for today. You got to know a little bit about me, um, what I am about, what this podcast is about. So I hope that you will join me and be an active member of this community by subscribing to my podcast and tuning in weekly every monday evening on apple Podcasts and spotify you can also follow me on instagram at incomo underscore podcast to let me know your thoughts on each topic and what other topics you would like for me to cover thank you all for listening and i will see you all next week for another episode of incomo with judith amoa mm-hmm.